To be completely honest with you, many of the modern-day self-help, spiritual, or New Age practices and beliefs that exist today have caused a community crisis in discipline, especially self-discipline. In fact, discipline as an idea has been thrown out the window to a degree that so often walking around these circles today you hear things like, well, it just stopped feeling good, so I knew that it was the right thing to do to quit. Or you hear something, this is even more common, and chronic. Well, I'm not going to make a plan because I don't know how I'm going to feel at that time. The problem is, is that many of the people who subscribe to these philosophies have forgotten that discipline is actually an essential element of life satisfaction. When someone is disciplined, or we say that they are self-disciplined, what this means is that they are somebody whose conscious objective free will is governing their emotional system, their mind, and their body. Free will is something that is external to the body, mind, and emotion. You can think of this as being the quality of the observer self, or the consciousness that exists beyond the temporal form. You are meant to observe and perceive the information that is being given to you by your emotional system, by your mind, and by your body, so that with that information you can, with your free will, make a conscious and more objective choice about the, what the right thing to do is in any given situation. This makes a person appear in control of themselves. In other words, able to determine, influence, and direct themselves. Another way of putting this is that a self-disciplined person is not controlled by their mind, emotions, or body. Conversely, when a person lacks discipline, or when they are not self-disciplined, what this means is that they're actually in a space of determinism. They are at the mercy of their emotions, their mind, and their body. People who are not self-disciplined let themselves be controlled by their emotional guidance system rather than using it as a source of information with which to make a better decision. This is rather like putting a compass in charge of your life as opposed to using a compass to gain information with which to make decisions for your life. If you are deeply seeing, hearing, feeling, and understanding your body, your mind, and your emotions, this information better informs you about what decision to make with your conscious objective free will. This is distinctly different than feeling like any time something feels not good, it's automatically meaning that you shouldn't do something. We can't talk about discipline without also talking about resistance. When we say that a person is disciplined, what we're talking about in layman's terms is that they can take action regardless of how they feel, or that they do what needs to be done to achieve goals, even if it's difficult or painful, or that they pursue what they think is right despite temptations to abandon it, or that they make themselves work hard or behave in a certain way without anyone else having to tell them to do it. All of these examples imply that self-discipline has something to do with not only self-governing, but also the ability to persist despite resistance. Resistance is any oppositional force. Now, an oppositional force, and therefore resistance, can come from the inside, or it can come from the outside, or both. If you want to understand resistance more in depth than what I can convey in this video, watch my video titled Urgent. Deal with your resistance before you do anything else. To give you an example of what this resistance coming from the inside might look like, let's pretend that you put it on your schedule that on a certain day you are going to go meet a friend. But somewhere along the line, maybe in the morning there, you realized how much effort it was going to take to get showered, to get dressed, to get out the door, and to get to them via public transportation. 
Now, all of these thoughts about this process and the effort that's going to be involved may feel like an oppositional force to the decision to go. Now, an undisciplined person might meet with that resistance and be like, oh God, I just know it's not right to go and cancel the appointment. A disciplined person will take the resistant thoughts and emotions being shared into account, but within the context of what is objectively in their best interests and what is in alignment with their true values, and then put energy into resolving the resistance so as to make the right decision for themselves with their free will about whether to go or not. That may mean keeping the appointment even though getting to it is a struggle and therefore does not feel comfortable. In other words, sometimes resistance is the you've got a message bell that indicates that you shouldn't be doing something. Other times though, this alarm bell that is resistance may be indicating that you've got a personal belief you've got to resolve that's no longer serving you. You've got trauma that's been triggered that needs resolution or that discomfort is an element of you achieving something that is important to you. And so you have to say yes to the discomfort. Another way of saying this is that somebody who lacks discipline is somebody who often misinterprets the meaning of resistance being resistant thoughts, resistant emotions, or resistant sensations in their body. They make resistance, discomfort, or pain automatically mean that they should stop or not do something or change course. Now, what does this mean? And I never want you to forget this. This means that a person who is undisciplined actually runs the risk of aligning with their own resistance or aligning with or caving to the resistance of others. This means not only is this not in their best interests, they're also completely avoiding integration. For example, imagine that you decide to get a college degree. There are days that it will suck. For example, when you get invited to a party, but you need to stay home and study in order to get your degree. Now imagine for a period of time it feels super bad to study, so you decide to let your emotions control you and stop studying. Eventually your grades drop to the degree you drop out of school. You may tell yourself the story that it's just because you weren't meant to go to college. But imagine that the real reason that you had that reaction is because there was a subconscious belief that was triggered. Let's say that some interaction you had subconsciously triggered the belief, no matter how hard I work at anything, it never turns out for me. Letting your emotions govern you, and remember that your emotions told you that it felt good to stop doing what you were doing and drop out of college, actually was you aligning with that old belief and agreeing with it. You have to consider that just because something feels better or like relief or good doesn't automatically mean that it's good for you. If that was the case, heroin would be good for you. When you hear teachings like follow your joy or listen to your internal guidance system, that does not mean never do anything that's uncomfortable or painful. That also doesn't mean that everything you feel is an accurate reflection of the objective reality of what's actually happening. It also doesn't mean let your emotional guidance system govern your life because it will always lead you towards something that's good for you and the best for you and that feels good. Discipline goes hand in hand with following your joy or listening to your internal guidance system. For them to operate hand in hand, however, you've got to understand that your emotions and mind and body are simply providing you with information about you and the world around you all day long. But this information, though important, is not necessarily accurate. So your conscious awareness and free will must then decide what is right to do given that information. People who are concerned with discipline, who don't like the idea of it, are actually not really afraid of discipline. What they're afraid of is bulldozing. 
To understand bulldozing, I want you to actually picture a bulldozer. When a bulldozer encounters something that's in opposition or resistance, it just plows right over the top of it. Essentially, bulldozing is a zero-sum game. It's I win, you lose. <laughs> to understand about bulldozing in depth, watch my video titled Bulldozing, the way to ruin your relationship with yourself. Bulldozing is not good for you. Many people who have an issue with discipline already understand this about bulldozing. They feel like discipline is them bulldozing themselves and therefore betraying and totally playing a zero-sum game with a part of themselves. But what people who have an issue with discipline don't often know is that they're already bulldozing. <laughs> they're betraying a part of themselves without even knowing it. They're using the way they feel in the moment to bulldoze long-term goals or the objective reality of what is best for them in the long run, for example. Discipline is not about your ability to bulldoze yourself. It's about your ability to work with resistance instead of against it. Working with resistance means seeing, feeling, hearing into it deeply so as to become aware of the cause and the why of the resistance. From there, it's about resolving that resistance so as to make a decision with your conscious free will that is actually in your best interests. Doing so will make it so that all of you can say yes to something because it will feel right for you to do, potentially even if it comes with discomfort. Another important thing to know when it comes to this dynamic of discipline, especially as it applies to the internal guidance system, is that it doesn't feel good. Isn't the actual information that you're looking for as it applies to awareness? And that, obviously, has huge implication in terms of what you decide to do or not do. So, if you're looking for the right thing to do or not do, it doesn't feel good isn't what you're looking for. It doesn't feel good is just a red flag. It's nothing more than an alert, just like the you've got a message ringer on your cell phone. It is as strange to decide that this automatically means you shouldn't do something as it is to decide that when your you've got a message ringer goes off, it means you need to not do something. All it means is you've got a message. You have to actually see, hear, and feel what that message underneath the alert actually is in order to make the right decision relative to the information. A lot of people who struggle with self-discipline, oftentimes in even self-discipline, feel like they have to instead of want to do something. So it's at this point I have to make you aware of a universal truth. There is no such thing as have to in this universe. Now I'm going to get quite aggressive with you when I say this. You literally could wake up today, decide not to get out of bed. When you have to use the bathroom, you could crap and pee in your bed. You could not get up to go eat something and just wait for death to find you. That is actually something that you can do with your free will. No one can take it away from you. All a person can do is escalate consequence or reward in order to try to put pressure on you to make the decision they want you to make. Once you realize this, you can actually get to a place where you can consciously choose to do something that causes discomfort and feel like actually maybe potentially doing something that is uncomfortable or even painful is in your best interests instead of feeling like it's something that something in the universe or someone is forcing you to do. To learn more about this in depth, you can watch my video titled Have To, The Life Philosophy That Will Ruin Your Life. If I haven't scared you enough already, we gotta go one step deeper. I'm gonna tell you what living without discipline will do to your life. Living without discipline means you're at the mercy of everything around you. It means your life is limited. When faced with the inevitable downsides of doing something, you will give up on it. You will achieve nothing. You will build up nothing. You will never end up where you want to be. You will be unreliable, unable to plan, be a floater in life, align with your own resistance, regardless of whether that resistance is in your best interest or against it, 
and fail to delay instant gratification in the face of short-term temptation. You will have ruined every relationship around you. And you will be at the mercy of everything around you, including your own mind, emotions, and body. Also, another thing you're going to have to swallow is that there are a great many things that are worth doing that involve discomfort and even pain. I'm just going to give you a few examples. And when I say a few, I mean an absolute few. Learning something new, moving to a different place, persisting, despite your mind showing you all the worst-case scenarios, developing your physical fitness, looking at the contents of your subconscious mind, achieving something that has never been achieved before, having children, developing security in a relationship, and healing. This is why it is a mistake to believe that your internal guidance system or the universe at large will only ever lead you in the direction of things that feel good. To understand more about this in depth, watch my video titled How Your Inner Compass Leads You to Both Pleasure and Pain. If you are making a choice from your conscious, objective, free will, a lot of times it will become obvious that you need to go in the direction of something painful or uncomfortable, because it actually is in alignment with your best interests or what you really want. In other words, it will become obvious that you align deeply with your reasons for going in the direction of something that may not feel so good. Just ask a professional athlete. The feeling of rightness can exist even when something you're doing doesn't feel good. A professional athlete only gets to that position by learning that you can add any meaning to discomfort that you want to. Going for what you want is going to entail a certain amount of discomfort, so the meaning that you add to discomfort is everything. It is all too common that if you lack discipline, you will slip into a passive way of being instead of an active way of being. Because you've forgotten that you did not come here to the earth, to passively give rise to desires that somehow end up on your doorstep. You came to this earth to give birth to new desires and then to actively use your mind and your emotions and your body to bring them about in the physical. Discipline pulls you into active manifestation. With true discipline, you are working with yourself instead of against yourself. You are not at the mercy of yourself, your thoughts, emotions, or body. This means you're not at the mercy of other people. Because until you become truly conscious, who do you think programmed your internal system? Here's the good news. Discipline, self-discipline, is something that can be developed. You can turn into somebody who actually enjoys the process of persisting despite resistance or the process of pouring all of yourself into something, even if it creates discomfort. If you're one of these people who struggles with discipline, I've got a few tips for you that just might help you out with how to move from a space of lack of discipline to a space of self-discipline. 1. Become aware of your relationship specifically to discipline. How do you feel about discipline? What do you think about discipline? Another thing to understand is that motivation is the power generator for willpower. And willpower is ultimately what discipline is all about. So if you have an issue with discipline, you also have to look at your relationship to motivation. Do you currently feel motivated in life? Why or why not? Is there somewhere that you lost it along the way? Is there somewhere that it decreased? Also, what are ways that you could increase your motivation in the situation at hand? When motivation dips, Discipline dips. Learned helplessness is the exact opposite concept from learned industriousness. 
In learned helplessness, life experiences teach a person that effort and self-discipline is useless and even potentially yields worse results than putting no effort forth at all. Essentially, it's a no-reward association with discipline. Learned industriousness, on the other hand, is when life experience teaches a person that effort and self-discipline leads to desired outcomes and therefore a sensation of reward. Knowing this, can you look back on your life and identify experiences that might have totally zapped your motivation or zapped your relationship with discipline or patterns that may have caused you to slip into a learned helplessness pattern? If you can, it may be a really good idea to use the completion process relative to any of these experiences or the painful trigger you may have around self-discipline. To learn how to do this process, you can either pick up a copy of my book that's titled The Completion Process, or you can go to www.completionprocess.com and select a practitioner to lead you through the process. Essentially, try to release the resistance that you have or resolve the resistance you have to self-discipline in and of itself before you go ahead with trying to become more disciplined. Two, do parts work with the part of you that you feel out of control of. Many people who experience an issue with self-discipline say that they feel really out of control of themselves. For example, let's say you're a person who's decided you don't want to eat any more sugar. That's your commitment, right? And yet there you are, standing at the counter of the bakery aisle, ordering donuts. When this is the case, a part of you is on board with that decision and a part of you is not. You have to get deep into the psychology of both to understand the split within you so that one of them isn't taking charge some moments and the other in other moments. Your goal is to establish some kind of alignment and agreement between these opposed parts that keep sabotaging your self-discipline. Keep in mind that a part of yourself that you may need to work with is the part of you that's against self-discipline in general. To learn how to do this, watch my video titled Parts Work. What is parts work and how to do it? Three, create rewarding challenges, and I want these things to be little things. Make sure these are things that create some kind of resistance in you to complete, but you really are excited to complete them. It has to entail a little bit of effort. Things like completing a puzzle, stopping yourself from letting your anger express outwardly when you feel it and trying to get to the vulnerability underneath it instead, going on a run, eating something healthy instead of unhealthy, meditating for 10 minutes every morning, completing an online class, setting a date and scheduling and sticking to it, etc. This exercise will retrain you that you actually do have the willpower to actually get things done with a sense of discipline and that when you do so with a sense of discipline, it actually creates this reward. Practicing small acts of discipline like this is just like training a muscle. You'll get better and better at it so that you can apply your willpower to the things that really matter. Now, exercising self-control increases willpower. Four, I want you to make a list of all the times that self-discipline, drive, effort, focus, and will brought about something that was positive. We as people tend to be people who totally ignore all the time something does work and we're focused on the time it doesn't work. We tend to be much more negative than positive oriented, especially when it comes to things we have resistance to, like discipline. Another thing you can do or include in this list is times you've seen other people actually get somewhere or achieve something or get some reward as a result of being self-disciplined, as a result of focus, willpower, drive, or self-control. In other words, can you make a whole list of times you saw this pay off? 
Doing this actually creates a positive association between discipline and payoff, discipline and reward. Five, decide what you want right now in your life to be disciplined about. If you struggle with discipline, I want you to only pick one to a few things, not a whole list. Write down that list and consider these your commitments. From there, find your meaning and or motivation for being self-disciplined relative to these things. In order to be self-disciplined, you need to remember why they're important and meaningful to you. Anytime that you're feeling demotivated relative to something you want to be disciplined about, take a moment to think about those bigger and potentially long-term reasons for doing something so that you can reconnect to the meaning behind your commitment. There's a reason why people that can be so self-disciplined can be so self-disciplined. Just think about Braveheart. Why is he able to be disciplined enough to go through so much pain that he's drawn and quartered for what he cares about? It's because he's so deeply attached to the meaning behind his commitments. Why do your commitments matter to the degree that you're willing to actually come up against discomfort and pain for them? Five, you gotta fall in love with challenge. People who tend to be the most self-disciplined tend to have a positive relationship with challenge. This doesn't mean challenge feels good to them. It doesn't feel any better to them, really, than it does to the average person. However, they don't have a negative association with that feeling and with challenge in and of itself. They have a positive association with the process of overcoming setbacks, downsides, failures, and weaknesses, even if the process itself can be painful. A setback, a downside, a failure, a weakness, or a challenge is usually not a message from the universe to quit or not do something in the first place. See challenge as an expected part of any process, especially when it comes to achieving success, personal growth, and personal desires. Each challenge is an opportunity not only to grow, but to become better and to know more. 7. Develop an if-then plan. When people struggle with self-discipline, they have a hard time delaying instant or personal gratification in the now for some long-term payoff. But that's a very essential element to personal life success. It's way harder to avoid temptation when you're in the moment and it's staring you in the face than when you would decide in advance what you're going to do given that situation. For example, let's say that you decided that what you want to be disciplined about is getting a project done. So you decide if... If I get a phone call inviting me to do something, then I am not going to say yes to it. I'm going to stay here and complete the project. This not only helps you to pre-identify goal-serving behaviors, but also to decide how you're going to behave in advance of something happening so as to stay in alignment with that goal. I have noticed, not to call you out, but to call you out, that many of the people who follow my teachings have taken these teachings on Follow Your Guidance System and don't bulldoze to the extreme where a lot of people who are watching my videos are lacking discipline. It's rather ironic because guess what, you guys? I got to the position I'm in because I'm one of the most disciplined people you will ever meet. To live a life that is truly worth living, you need to allow your body, your mind, and your emotional system to inform your conscious objective free will so that you can actually, sitting in that position of free will, make a conscious choice about what is actually in alignment with your best interests. Bottom line, you need discipline. And discipline is one of the main components of that bridge that you keep looking for between wanting something and actually achieving it.